Melanin. Megovani Melanin. 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 I actually don't know. Am I pronouncing, am I saying all of that right, or am I mixing up the endings? No, you're good. Okay. Okay, good. You're good. I, oh, I, meant, to, I meant to use our one last time, my lady. Oops. Oh, yeah. I forgot how to say it. Um, I did not. Oh. <laughs> That's because you opened your notebook faster than me. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Kirioneen. Kirioneen. That one's so easy. I don't know why I didn't remember that, and it's. Because it's just the I-L added on to Hyamin. Right, 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 yeah. Hyamin, my lady. All right, welcome, guys, to welcome. our podcast, Chronicles of Fiction, where we talk about, are you ready for this? Here e Corvath. <laughs> oh, my gosh, I'm so proud of you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> Translated into Lord of the Rings, if you weren't here for that episode. If you were not. And if you weren't, go back and listen to it. I'm sure it's okay, great. Back. We have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 16 phrases or words to learn. We do. Yes. Yes. All the way from, hi, what's your name? My name is, uh, I don't understand. You have betrayed me. <laughs> <laughs> so many good ones and it's a great way to uh learn elvish but also Ooh. pick up little things in lord of the rings because while they do you you know you can read and understand it, it's so cool to pick up the elvish word and be able to just know what it is you just feel better than everyone and it might be because if you know what you are you're better than everyone if you know it <laughs> so- we, we are I mean, set apart. We I'm are just set saying, apart. Just saying. I think we should recap these today um, after we read, maybe, because I... Okay, so we are recording this a week in advance. So we just recorded on Monday. Yep. Unless, sister, now you have some sort of exciting life. Um, nothing's happened since Monday. Nope. So- <laughs> And this was my last week of uh, freedom in that I'm not working during the day. So I've spent my day at the pool. Right. I've been reading. I finished the book thief. I finished the second oh. book in the, um, the Alchemist series. So I'm waiting on the third one to come in to the library. Someone else has it checked out and it's overdue. And our library has decided to do away with library fines. I'm sorry. Um, so, which, let me tell you something. On one hand, uh, that makes me mad because why would this person bring it back now? There's a good chance that, like, they're not going to bring it back. On the other hand, the library, correct me if I'm wrong, is the last place in this capitalistic society that we can go into the building, spend as much time there as we want, and not spend a dime. I mean, true. And... If they're not making money, which when I was in the video rental business, we made money. That was how we made our money was off of late fees. Right. If they're not making money, how long is that going to be sustained? And I'm going to cry if the library yeah. is done away with it. So that was my week. I just spent Friday. I think that's the habit. I don't know if that's right. That I want to start on break or after work Friday for the weekend and the week ahead to read 
our lunch break. So, oh, nice. Time. I wish I could read that fast. Uh, I've always been a fast. <laughs> I was not allowed to read certain books growing up, so whenever my parents were not home, I would read those books. It's like I got it very fast. And so, uh, we should probably clarify that those books that you weren't allowed to read were not <laughs> adult type books. I'm oh, sure. oh no, no, no! We're, we're talking like uh, Charles Dickens like, and Little Women. <laughs> <laughs> like know. the most like this the, the books that you beg your child to read because exactly. maybe they not like you exactly. if they read exactly. more classics <laughs> instead of stuff about elves exactly exactly it's just it's one of those things i think that's why i read fast though like i'm pretty certain that's how because i would i would read as fast as i could like to try to get as much in before anyone yeah got so yeah so i guess that's been my lucky for you our prayers are never present exactly <laughs> exactly oh yikes um yeah might as well dive cool. into this one unless something you know has happened in your life i'm guessing no <laughs> nothing <laughs> it's fine so it's fine. uh last week we are we're currently reading the writer of rohan by talon the mighty and this particular chapter which is chapter three is very long um all in all, Wattpad said it was going to take about 20 minutes to read. So because we had some questions and stuff, some fan interactions last time, we decided to break this one up um, halfway. So we left off at a halfway point in the chapter. So last week we uh, were riding with Gamera. He is going after Gandalf to help um, Theoden because they believe that he's basically his mind's being poisoned, which turns out they're right. Um, and he is tracking Gandalf, who we know is on Shadowfax, and obviously he's having a hard time keeping up with him, because it's Gandalf in Shadowfax, and he is in some ruins and runs across Boromir, who, I love Boromir. Uh-huh, who, as we find out, is on his way to the Council of Elrond, which I'm assuming Gandalf is also on his way to Rivendell. <coughs> I don't imagine he made any a whole lot of pit stops. No. So I am predicting that their paths pretty much end up going together. But that is where we left off. Uh, Boromir cannot get his horse to cross this bridge. And Gamrat comes from uh, the horse whisperers. That's not right. The horse whispers. The horse <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're thinking of the dog whisperer and that's an old show on like what was it on actually i don't remember <laughs> there has to be a horse whisperer too like i'm pretty sure there was a show or a movie called oh. i think you might be thinking of our cousin mckenna yeah you're right right you might be. um the writers of rohan they are uh experts with horses so gamrick is he basically was like He's talking to Boromir's horse, and he's like, yeah, she's not ready to cross yet, so we're just going to have to wait till she's ready. And Boromir's like, uh, uh sir. Me, sir. <laughs> and, and Gamrick's like, I don't know what to tell you, sorry. <laughs> he's like, sorry, here and, and chill with me. <laughs> so, yeah, that is where we're at. Are we ready to dive in? Yes, let's do this. All right. Gamrick adjusted himself on the uncomfortable rubble chair he had made for himself and held his cold hands out towards the fire in the center of the room. Boromir had done a great job with closing off all the entrances and making sure that no light would escape the building. 
Aside from a small ventilation opening in the center of the ceiling, this place was completely closed off from unfriendly eyes. The Gondorian had a small tent in bedroll set up in the corner furthest from the door. The horses stood together socializing on the opposite side of the large room, as Gamrak set up his tent in bedroll near the center, closer to the fire. He wondered what this place used to be, a library or perhaps some forgotten lord's house? This is impressive, Gamrick commented as he removed his muddy, moist boots and set them nearby the fire. I'm sorry, I don't mind the word moist. Like, I don't, but moist boots? That's disgusting. I hate wet shoes. Yeah, that made me cringe. Yeah. (laughs) Good, good. That that was was good job, Tower and Mighty, to to really, like, bring across how uncomfortable. Oh, they smell. I know they smell. Oh, yes. Ew. Yeah. Okay. My men and I learned to do this when Gondorn took back Osgiliath from the Dark Lord's armies. During the night, the orcs would conduct raiding sweeps through the areas we had taken, and my men would be slaughtered, no matter how many soldiers we put on watch. I figured if we hold up in the abandoned buildings at night and set up the battlements indoors, that we would have a higher chance of holding them off. Some of my men weren't even found by the orcs after they closed off all the doorways and windows, and those that were, were well prepared to fight back, Boromir said, staring into the fire. You must be a high-ranking soldier then, Gamrick noted. I am the High Warden of the White Tower and Captain General. My father, Lord Denethor, is the steward of Gondor, Boromir answered. Those titles hold reference even in Rohan, Gamrick managed to say after a few moments of shocked silence. It is an honor to have met you, Lord. Why, though, are you here? My brother Faramir wanted to take this mission upon himself, but I love my brother dearly and couldn't bear the thought of him risking his life on such a fool's errand, Boromir laughed darkly. As he spoke, he did not take his eyes off the flames that illuminated his face, giving his features a grim look. Fool's errand, Gamrick questioned. A. On the evening of the first assault on Osgiliath, a dream came to my brother in a troubled sleep. Afterwards, the same dream came often to him again, and also to me. In that dream, I saw the eastern sky grow dark, but out of the west, a light shone forth, and from that light, a voice called out, saying, Seek for the sword that was broken. In Nimladris it dwells. There shall be taken counsels stronger than mortal spells. There shall, be sh- there shall be shown a token that doom is near at hand, for a sealder's bane shall waken, and the halfling forth shall stand. Therefore, my brother, seeing how desperate our need was, was eager to heed the dream and seek for Imandris. But since the way was full of doubt and danger, I took the journey upon myself. This stung my brother's pride, but I am glad for it. He is more talented than I, at any rate, and should I fail, I know that Gondor's defenses will be in good hands. Aww, that's right. so funny. Right? He was literally like, also, he's a better fighter than I am, so like. I'm <laughs> better leave him to protect the city. <laughs> but he can say it and it's okay because he's like mm, hundreds of miles away <laughs> uh-huh exactly exactly <laughs> the, the earling was silent until a rather large log within the fire broke into two with a loud crack do you think of your home often Bormir of gondor gamrick queried distracted by the flames as they danced before him as he gazed into the depths of the campfire he could see only the images of iteras burning the Gondorian stared into the fire for several moments before he answered. A. Every day. Thinking of home gives me the strength I need to complete my mission. A melancholic smile drew itself upon his face. Finally, he tore his gaze away from the fire and laid eyes upon the rider of Rohan. What of you, horse master? 
I try not to think of home if I can help it, Gamrick responded distantly, refusing to make eye contact with his new companion. I wish to defend my homeland and those that I love, but I hate being so far away. I am afraid of returning to ash and dust. Gormir's face became gaunt once again. That fear is why you're out here, is it not? This quest could do much more good than you give it credit for, the Gondorian retorted. His legs shaking every step of the way and found the Gondorian shield. His heart skipped a beat. Boromir! Boromir, he called, not daring to hope. I am here, Gamrick. Boromir's voice called from behind the trees. The soaked man emerged from behind a large white oak with the saddlebag in one hand, embracing himself against the tree with the other. Gamrick felt an immense pressure hit his chest and he fell to his knees. Where has Alsa felt, Gamrick asked without looking up. There was a long silence. They were, they were pulled underneath, and I never saw them resurface. Boromir paused, sadness carving its way onto his soaked face. I am sorry, he added heavily. Hot tears welled up in Gamrick, then rolled over and covered himself with a heavy wool blanket. I suppose you're right, Gamrick said. He felt as though a huge weight had been lifted off his shoulders. He looked over at Asafeld and Aradel and smiled as they socialized. Asafeld was always good at providing comfort for those in need. Such a strange place for a friendship to be forged, Gamrick thought. He closed his eyes in an attempt to feign sleep. He did not distrust this man, but he did not know his true intentions or if he had a hidden motive. And the only way he would make a move is if he truly believed Gamrick was asleep. So there he lay, still and silent, his mind running in endless circles, as it always did. Mithrandir is wise, and seeking yes. him out may turn the tide. One soldier cannot win a battle, but one messenger may. Boromir winked at him and took a swig of his water skin. And now we've got two messengers. Hey, he paused, slightly comforted. This Boromir had a honeyed tongue, and Gamrick could see why he was a leader of Gondor's armies. I'll take first watch tonight, the Eorling offered, quickly changing the subject. No need for watches here, my friend. If you did decide to take a perch by any of the windows or to set up a perimeter, you'd be causing more harm than good by drawing more attention to this place. We're safe here. Rest tonight and we will set off in the morning, Boromir said. Gamrick shot him a glare, then let out a slight chuckle, which gradually evolved into a set of bellowing laughs. Boromir and the horses merely stared at him judgingly as he continued. <laughs> and the horses. <laughs> Forgive me, Gamrick said between stomach-wrenching fits of laughter. It's been a long few weeks, and that was a welcome bit of humor, my friend. Pardon me. He pleaded as the laughter died out. Come, Reiner, Boromir said through a grin. We mustn't linger. His face grew somber once again as they packed up their equipment and let the horses out of the stuffy building. Boromir fed them some of the bright red apples that Gamrick had found on their journey, which they munched on happily. It was a wonderfully clear morning. The chilly breeze that swept through the surrounding area was welcome after being stuck in a musty, crumbling ruin all night. The bright white sunlight gave this old place a slight beauty, and Gamrick wondered what it must have been like before it was flooded and abandoned. He imagined white buildings overlooking the sparkling gray flood during sunset. The orange sun glinted off of its surface, and he pictured the fishermen and their families going inside for the night and beginning dinner. He smiled and thought of Eteros and, and how wonderful it was that two cities that were leagues and years apart could have been so alike. However, the beautiful view still did nothing for the horrid smell of the place. He couldn't wait to get as far away as possible, but he suddenly felt his stomach drop as he watched the bridge they were preparing to cross shake in, shake in the strong crosswind. Indeed, the bridge was in worse condition than he, than he had thought last night. That had concealed so many of the hidden hazards was now replaced by bright, indiscriminate sunlight that displayed everything clearly. It is a miracle that these old stones are still holding together at all, Gamrick thought. We really must be careful, Gamrick whispered to himself. 
Boromir, you and I will cross with all of the gear. The horses are too heavy. If they are carrying more weight, we risk losing them, he shouted over the wind. He glanced at Asafeld nervously. A, Boromir responded. The four companions walked towards the bridge at once. I will go first, again, as he unloaded the two heavy bags of gear from Asafeld. The snowy, muscular beast looked at him intensely as he took his first step onto the bridge. The gusts of wind were coming more frequently now, but he felt more secure with more weight to hold him to the bridge. He looked back at his three companions who watched him with eyes full of worry. Upon turning back, he took one deep breath and risked another step. Crack! Gamrick's heartbeat quickened. He looked down in terror, only to find that it was only a piece of old tile splitting underneath his boot. He sighed in relief and continued taking every step with extreme caution. As he risked a peek at the rushing water below, another cold gust of wind blasted the bridge, almost knocking Gamrick off balance as the air howled in his ears angrily. He pulled his green cloak around him in a fruitless attempt to fend off the morning chill. He was halfway to the other side when he motioned Asafeld to begin following him. As long as we are far enough apart from one another, the bridge should be able to sustain us. Too much weight on one part of the bridge and we will all Aridel, Boromir shouted as he clicked his tongue and whistled frantically. Gamrick spun around wide-eyed. Aridel was following Asafeld onto the bridge. Terror flooded his veins. He immediately gestured for Asafeld to hold in, to hold in hopes that the younger male would stop as well. Before the horse had even stopped moving, though, he also noticed Boromir stepping onto the bridge trying to stop Aridel. No, Gamrick roared, but before he had even finished his warning, an ear-splitting whine pierced through the howling winds in his ears, and he felt more nightmares ravaged Gamrick's mind again that night, yet relief washed over Gamrick as he left his troubled dream world and awoke, to the sound of Bormir cooking eggs in the morning. He hadn't meant to fall asleep. In fact, he meant to stay awake all night. Despite being upset with himself for dozing off, he was quite happy to find all of his gear untouched, save for his supply bag which Bormir was cooking with. Good morning, Gamrick announced as he sat up. Indeed, it would seem that even the toughest of us need rest, Master Horseman, Boromir chuckled. I meant no offense. You can't be too careful these days, however, Gamrick replied. I understand your caution, and I take no offense, Ryder, Boromir responded. Come, I have made breakfast. Gamrick eyeballed the mouth-watering meal from across the room, still somewhat suspicious. The Gondorian shot a dark look at him. Do you think I have poisoned the eggs? I've done nothing to taint your food supply. However, Boromir said, if you are not going to eat, Boromir voice trailed off as he began to scarf down the eggs indiscriminately. Gamrick felt a pang in his chest as he remembered how happy he was when he had found the nest just yesterday. His stomach grumbled as he watched him clear half the pan. Oi, I will eat. I will have I will have you know that I had planned those for breakfast this morning for myself, Gamrick said grumpily. Boromir let out a hearty laugh and scraped the remaining eggs onto a makeshift metal plate and walked it over to Gamrick. Gamrick dug through his pack for a fork, and upon finding it, snatched the plate from Boromir and let the fluffy deliciousness enter his mouth. Did you taste any of it at all? Boromir questioned with a patronizing grin after Gamrick had finished his plate. The bridge underneath him began to shake. Then weightlessness took him. Gamrick pulled his face out of the mud and into his eyes before he closed them in a vain attempt to hold them back. Gamrick's anguish flooded forth as Boromir hopelessly paced up and down the riverbed, looking for any sign of their steeds. After all their years of adventuring, Gamrick couldn't grasp losing his companion. His heart seized in his chest as he spat more water from his lungs. He knew he had to steal himself. I have seen many friends die, he thought, as he wrestled with the retching that was racking his body. There is too much on the line to break now. The best way to honor his memory would be to complete this mission, Asafeld's final mission. He slept sharply, allowing the cool air to revive his strangled lungs, then hacked out the last of the water that had tried to murder him. 
His throat felt like it was torn and his chest felt as though it was on fire. He was soaked and cold, but more than anything, he was alone. He tore his body from the earth and frantically began to search around the riverside for any sign of Asafeld or the Gondorian and his young companion. He watched the river rush by, careless of, of his flight as it followed its course. Then something glinted down a ways. He trudged through the mud, heaving chest, and wiped his face dry of the water and vomit, then slowly crawled to his feet. He felt so weak. Gamrick turned to Voromir and grunted, Come, we must find our way to Rivendell. Voromir stared at him briefly in concern, then nodded. Without a glance back at the river, the two men ascended the bank and began their trek north. Seek for the sword, and in Landris it dwells. There shall be counsel taken, stronger than mortal spells. There shall be shown a token that doom is near at hand, for a Seldir's bane shall waken, and a halfling forth shall stand. That is the end of the third chapter. Okay, but not the horses. I know! Not the horses! That's not okay! Like, uh, they're so smart. How could they not survive this? Maybe also, how could it pull a horse underneath the current and not a man? Well, maybe it just swept them further down. And since they're horses, they're like, hey, you know, we could just hang out here. Right. They're heavier. So they, yeah. you know, would have been carried a little farther. Uh, that's what I'm hoping. I am hoping for a return. Yes. You know, a a a a, a, a glorious reunion, but <laughs> you know, I'm not getting my hopes up. Mm. So that was really good. That was really good. Um, I really like Boromir. <laughs> I know. Like, I feel like he. I mean, he obviously gets a lot of hate from uncultured people who don't understand him. <laughs> but, um, I don't know. I just, I think, like, like this really shows, like, he really is just trying to do something for his people, like. Yeah. And he really does have good intentions. He's really just a good dude. Leave him alone. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, you know, him and his brother are fighting, like, con they're, they're, they're on the doorfront of. Yeah of all of the evil and they're constantly fighting trying to protect their people and mm -hmm. they have no one's coming to their aid because there Rohan's is. king is under Saruman's Saruman mm -hmm. yeah. yeah um and so they they don't have any help and they have this dream and at first it was just his little brother had this weird dream but then he started having the same dream and it's like they they know of Rivendell they know of Isildur's Bane so, like, there are some uh, tangible things of reality in these dreams, and it's like, what what other options do we have but to go and figure out what this means? Yes. It's literally, it's it's either do that, one of us go and do that, or we both die here because it's, it's a losing battle. Exactly, yeah. So, why not go, you know, so I absolutely get in the, um, the guys in Unexpected Podcast, they really talk, they talked on this a lot and it was like you know put yourself in his shoes yeah that hopelessness yes like and and knowing that this is the one thing that could turn it all around for you and everyone's like nope you're yeah. outvoted like <laughs> we don't care yeah yeah once he gets no. but even i'm thinking like before he truly knows what's happening like he must have had that like even even having something to hope for the thing he's hoping for he, 
he's really just asking for an answer to the dream and what it means. Yeah. And, like, if that's your last bit of hope, like, that's kind of depressing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not gonna lie. I had not really, really thought about all that much, but... And I wonder how those conversations went, because I don't remember how much Tolkien went into it as far as him between him and Faramir of, like, bro, one, we're dying, and two, like, what are we going to do about this dream? And then, yeah. like, like, does it mean something? And then those conversations of, bro, it's a dream. Like, calm right. down. And it's like, well, if we calm down, you know, we're going to die. So, yeah, go find that elf dude and see if he knows yeah. Yeah. Um, we forgot today's Elvish word before we started reading. <laughs> That's amazing. We're really good at this. Um, okay, so I'm going to challenge you today. Oh, I don't know. I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> okay. It is one, two, three, four, five words, but they're short words. Okay. Silo, Anor, Bonen Lean. Sino Anar Bonen Lean? Silo. It's S I L O. So Silo. Okay, so now you gotta spell it for me. S I L O. Yep. And then the next word is A N O R. Okay. The next word is just B O. Okay. And then men, like M E N. And then lean, which you know, but L I N. Okay. Silo. Silo honor bo men lean. Yes. And it means, may the sun shine upon your road. Oh. I know. Isn't that pretty? <laughs> may the sun shine upon your road. Yes. Oh, I love this. I know. <laughs> I was back. Silo honor bo men lean. Bomenlin, yes. Bomenlin, okay, okay. Oh, I love this. Bomenlin. I have to look at it to say it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna take some practice with that one. Yes. But yeah, I, I was like, let's do something a bit more challenging because it's fun. It is, and it's nice having um, like phrases. Yes, because then you can like. Yes, I love it. Yeah. It makes me so happy. Should we do a recap of our Elvish words? Yes, you start. Okay. All right. Uh, the first one that we learned that we use here on the podcast to introduce ourselves, Megovanin, which means well met or hello. And then the next one that we use is Enfnin, which means my name is. Yes. And then you can follow that up with a, another question. Uh, which means what is your name what is your name and then of course most people most nerds know this one but melanin my friend mm-hmm. and then you should do you <laughs> so uh my uh family family name is sister and the elvish word for that is nathel every time i love it so much <laughs> Okay, and then another one we did was Neen Guanianeg, 
which means you betrayed me. Yes, Ning Guanyana. That one took me forever to figure out how to pronounce, <laughs> but I do have it now. I don't remember why I was like, this is what I needed. There was a reason behind it. Um, it was the, uh, Daylight Savings Time. Oh, yes. Yep. Yeah, those were dark times. I think mine are slightly out of order, but uh, the other one that I have listed, out, the, the one I had listed before that was um, Novayar and Galu, which are farewell and goodbye, respectively. Yes. And then another one is Eugenia, which is I don't understand. That one on the next page. Yes. Eugenian. 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 Another one was Gohananin, which means I'm sorry. Yes. And that one shows up in fix a lot. Okay. Yeah. It shows up in a lot of legless angst. That, that doesn't shock me at all. No, not at all. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then this one is in the movies with no subtitles. Han on Lee. Which yes. Means, thank you. Yes. Yes. I tried to incorporate that like into my life, and people just like look at me, especially me. And like it takes him about like thirty seconds, and he's like, "Oh yeah, oh yeah." Oh, so you're teaching him without him, without his consent. I love exactly. it. Yes. <laughs> uh, another one, like one word that we learned was "an," right? So how yep. you pronounce it? Uh, and that means gift. And then un, which means creature, because I think yep. we were reading the Gollum one at that time. Yeah, we were, we were talking about go go Gollum. Um, and then uh, another single word was glass, which stands for joy, <laughs> which translates to joy, I guess. That's a better way to say it. And then bar, which is home. I just yes. This was funny. Good job and to look him. <laughs> <laughs> and then here, which is Lord, and we combine that with here e Corvath, which means Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Maybe that's what we should change the podcast name to. Here no e Corvath? No yeah. one will be able to pronounce that. <laughs> um, and then the one we did last week was Kiriel Ning, which is my lady. And then our current one is Silo Anor Bominlin. I'm so proud of you. Silo Anor Bominlin. It's like you got to get, because you have, I have it broken up, you know, to be able to pronounce each word, yeah. and then you got to figure out how to combine it all. Yeah, and make it. And that stands for "May the sun shine upon your road," which I'm sorry, that's the best. Like, I don't even know what that. What is that compliment? Not even compliments. Like the best blessing that you can give to someone. Yes. Yes. And I think you should teach it. Oh, wait, you're not going to be, well, okay. You're not going to be ever leaving for work now, but you should, I was going to say you should teach it to Nick and make him say it to you anytime you leave. That's true. I'm like, just going to start saying it to him when he leaves for work and he's going to be like, what? And then I'll be just so confused. And then eventually you're going to be able to speak Elvish and he's just going to be really grumpy about it because this was yes. against his will. Yes. Yes. But it's fine. I love it. I love it. Ooh, that would be okay. I'm just saying, like, obviously you're in charge of writing the El Elvis speech for my wedding, but like that would be a great closer. Yes, it would. Wouldn't I know. It? Yes, it would. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I guess that's it for all of that. 
and but I have one. We so remember oh. when we were talking about? Oh no, I'm not. I'm not. Oh yes, I am. Um, when we were talking about what do orcs do with yes. their time? Um, somebody, let me find it. Oh, a silhouette of Rivendell commented on that episode when I posted it, and she said, "Put meat back on the menu?" Question mark. Question mark. And she said, "IDK, lol." <laughs> It, just, it made me laugh. I was like, yeah, that's of course what they're doing. They're in the restaurant. They're like, y'all, I'm sorry. It's going to be vegetarian for a while. Vegetarian. And then, <laughs> and then one of them comes running through. I guess me's back on the menu, boys. <laughs> and then they're all like, yay, the special. Yes, yes. And then they all get sick because they haven't had meat in forever and their bodies are not adjusted to it. Yes. <laughs> I love it. And then they're all just like sick orcs, just like laying on the floor, like crying. And they hear the call to war and they're like, oh no. Oh no, no. they're just like bent over holding their stomachs as they charge. (laughs) (laughs) This is what happened. It is. All right. Well, I guess that's it. Nice short episode because we didn't have time to do anything else. Yep. We had uh, a little bit busy and Sierra's coming to visit next weekend. So. Y'all will be enjoying this while we are just so happy to have Sierra home for a little bit. I'm going to be so happy to be home. It's been a long, it's been since February. Yeah, it's been a long time, which that's less than six months, I think, or like right at six months, but still like that just seems like an eternity. I mean, it kind of is because we're a little too codependent to go that long. (laughs) (laughs) So... There's that little bit of detail, but I'm super excited. Yeah, we can't wait. All right, guys. Well, thanks for joining us. Uh, Hit us up on Instagram, Chronicles of Fiction, Wattpad, also Chronicles of Fiction. Or email us at cofweliketotalk at gmail.com. That's right. And uh, let us know what you think. Uh, If you have any questions for the author of this one. Let us know. Uh, let us know. Yeah, because I think we're gonna start doing a little segment where we quote unquote interview, but not really interview. Like just ask questions of the author. Yeah, yeah. Because we would like to do live interviews. Because when we did that with Caleb, it was. I mean, I know y'all really enjoyed that one. Um, but I was. But that was way easier to set up. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, <laughs> so maybe one day we'll be able to do live interviews, but for now we'll. Just ask the questions, ask the author the questions, and if they would like to answer them, then we'll read it all out on here. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, see the Lenore Bon Lean, everyone. <laughs> I, I love it. I'm going to incorporate that into my oh, life. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> and we will see y'all in two weeks. No Viar. Galoo. <laughs>